0: like that's an appropriate opening for this week of Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. And if you were wondering why I cracked a can, At the very beginning of this episode, that's because this week's special guest is none other than one of my best friends since over for what, Andy, almost over 20 years. And uh, we've I think we met in kindergarten or something like that. He's also my co-host over on your favorite country music podcast, Country and Cold Cans, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, anywhere your podcasts are available. So, Andy, welcome. What's up? It's been a long 20 years. Yeah, it has. (laughs) So a little background on Andy. He's from the bustling metropolis of Rona Grappis, just like Dustin and I are. Big into uh, country music and has a little bit of background in uh, racing. We'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But he's also, uh, like I said, my co-host on Country, Cold Cans, my roommate of four years at NC State. Um, And currently he is a truck driver. So he has been pretty much almost everywhere in the lower 48 over the last, what, five years?
1: Yep. Five years. Been everywhere but Vermont
0: vermont why aren't, why haven't you been to vermont
1: yeah no reason to go
0: there because bernie's there <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right but yeah so the, the guys have dustin knows probably andy the best of the uh this group well you know we've gone on a couple trips together andy and i and some friends went out to dc um for a baseball game and a concert dustin me andy and dustin's now wife jenny uh went out to tulsa uh to see American Aquarium and uh Turnpike Troubadours about three years ago on New Year's Eve. And then I believe Andy has met Morgan a few times at uh Road Trip to Raleigh. Uh and oh, then uh, I think Andy first met Engel at Road Trip to Raleigh. So that's the connection there for them. Meeting uh meeting old trucker Andy, as we sometimes affectionately call him on Country and Cold Cans.
2: Welcome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: jumping four, into go ahead. Four Halifax County kids. One from right.
0: Virginia, three from North Carolina. <laughs> 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 All right. So jumping into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, if you want to kick things off, man.
4: Sure. <clears throat> so my good. Um got yeah, Mother's Day weekend coming up this weekend. I guess you can add that into the weekend look ahead as well. But we are taking the uh, the children to my mom's new house. I think I mentioned this last week. I can't remember. Um they're gonna watch amazing part about this is that she's going to watch the kids for a couple hours, and me and Chris are going to go on our first date that we've been on since my birthday of last year. So we're kind of looking forward towards our first kind of getaway from both the kids since Bridget was born in December. Uh, let's see, bad, I
2: would say uh, the second COVID shot that I got kind of kicked my
4: butt for a little bit today. Um, but much better right now. I don't foresee any more problems coming from it like other people had, which is nice. Um, and then ugly. We uh, experienced some horrible diaper rash with Bridget uh, the other day. Now, I don't know if that's too much information for some people, but the daycare we go to that we pay such great money to, <laughs> doing such an amazing job of changing her diaper on time let me tell you, it was amazing. Um, poor little thing. She's seems like she's getting better, but it was pretty bad there for about 24 hours. Did
2: you
5: let him have it?
4: Oh, yeah. Mom, mama, <laughs> mama bear let them have it. <laughs> I, I that sounds about keep, right. I told her I'd keep quiet. If it happens again, daddy bear is opening his mouth. <laughs> so that's my good, bad, and the ugly.
2: All right, so Ankle, take it away. Good, bad, and the ugly.
5: All right. Um, so my good, uh, been on record as saying this a couple of times, my good is Carolina women's lacrosse. They won their fifth ACC title in a row. Next so topic. Cares. <laughs> They're undefeated. What's,
4: what's They're undefeated, what's so whatever. What's next? What's, what's next? Table tennis, chess, I mean.
5: Horse racing. Uh, Medina Spirit, the horse I picked last week, won. Next topic in the kentucky derby so uh (laughs) hope hope you all listened to me and made some money i did uh you guys want to go to the next topic (laughs) (laughs) all right here's my next topic bad ties ties suck there was a dead heat in the turf classic on saturday that was one of the races that was there and they had to pay out both of the winners so like first of all i mean congratulations if you bet on one of these two horses second of all you Imagine going to all that effort and all that work to raise this horse and everything, and all of a sudden it gets all the way to the finish line, you have to share it with somebody else. Like, that sucks.
4: I say, I say, you fight it out at the end, just whoever walks away or stumbles away wins.
5: I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my solution for the next tie, which apparently Duke and UNC both won the ACC lacrosse tournament (laughs) championship because UNC played Duke and beat them, and their records were the same. Or, what? How does this work? Shouldn't they just there should be a like a overtime or some sort of shootout or just beat each other with sticks until like one team says like, like, we're not, you know, we give up. So ties are my bad of the week. And and it's, it's a shame that so many sports are being ruined with these ties. America is growing soft. Uh, Speaking of growing soft, my mini ugly of the week, which I joked with the guys is going to be my mini uh, cancel corner (laughs) for the week. COVID shots,
2: Morgan, I'm glad you brought this up. Um
5: I went to go get my first covid shot this morning and I am so fucking sick of having conversations with people about when, where, how, and why or why not I'm getting a fucking covid shot. I'll do what I fucking want when I fucking want to. Period, end of story. It is not your prerogative to ask me or anyone else when someone's getting a COVID shot, why they are or are not getting one. And if they want to get one, nor is it your ability to ask people when grandkids are coming, nor is it your responsibility to ask people when they're getting married. So America, get the fuck out of everybody's business. I'm sick of your ugly ass attitudes. That is my ugly of the week. For crying out loud, can I have one solitary conversation with anybody
0: in America without talking about a fucking vaccine?
4: Thank I'll you. Throw,
0: I'll throw the explicit tag on this episode.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you, you, you're definitely making up for no cancel corner this week.
0: In <laughs> my absurd
5: just so I don't end on a bad note, is that Kyle Busch won the Bushy-McBush race, I believe I'm saying this correctly, last weekend in Kansas City on his birthday. But, uh, he's still a cry, baby.
0: <laughs> NASCAR is rigged.
4: <laughs> when, Kyle, when Kyle Busch wins, it's rigged.
0: Uh, is that too much? I've been
5: pretty mild-mannered on this podcast. So.
0: No. I, I, look, I'm all for it. Let it loose. Let it loose.
5: <laughs> let it flow.
0: All right, Dustin, take it away. Good, the bad, and the ugly.
3: <laughs> I'm actually a perfect follow-up for uh, for Grumpy over here because um, I don't have any bad or uglies this week. Um, so first good, um, Jenny got on video Emmy being like, hi, Dada. Uh, and so she was doing it with Snapchat and like was able to save the video and then cut it down to that piece. So that's pretty cool. Um, we don't have high mama on video yet, so I did win that one. Um another good uh John Means of the Orioles threw a no-hitter yesterday against Seattle. Um it was the first no-hitter that was not a perfect game because of a pass ball reaching first base situation, um, as opposed to like have, get a walk or an error or something like that. So the first one ever in MLB history. <laughs> where that's where how it didn't become a perfect game, which I think is pretty interesting. Also, uh, there's only ever been 10 in Oriole history, so he's in pretty uh tight company. So I thought giving him a shout out, that's that's pretty cool. Um my last good, uh, we gotta make sure we keep this tight tonight because dark side of the ring on Vice starts back up again tonight. And if you have not checked out this basically like 30 for 30 for wrestling. Um, But it's it's on Vice, you should. Because it's sort of like when you put on a random 30 for 30 and you're like, I don't care about 1962 Little League World Series. And then you get into the story and you're like, wow. Okay, these guys are pretty cool. You'll do the same thing with this series. It's pretty incredible. Um, And if you watch wrestling at all, you'll see a lot of tie-ins. There's a lot of famous people in it.
0: And programming, especially for those with streaming, that – it's technically part two it's the season debuts tonight but they released an early um part one of tonight's episode on uh, the loose cannon flying brian pillman i watched it last night part two comes out tonight for the official season debut so make sure you start it from the beginning because you don't want to miss that part one and accidentally start with part two it's fantastic so far so i endorse everything Dustin just said dark side of the ring check it out
3: yeah now that one's, it's great. We found that, uh, they had what, 10 episodes season one. So you can go back and watch those two if you haven't seen it. And season great two. series. So yeah. So, uh, check it out. And so those are my three, uh, good for the week. I'm, I'm happy over here. i like some of the podcasts.
2: Anyway, <laughs> Thanks for Thank writing the shit, Dustin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Throw it over to our guest, uh, Andy, good, the bad, and the ugly. Your first one. Take it away.
1: Now, am I good for this week? It's definitely going to have to be the weather because it's the first week I've had since, I don't know, September that it hasn't been frigidly cold at least for half the week. So, that's been a nice change. Um, the bad is uh, taxes. I have to pay those this week. So, <laughs> that's always bad. And then uh, the ugly is going to be I have to uh, look at both D-Berry brothers at the same time right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh cheap shot all right <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I, I didn't know it
1: was gonna be that kind of night I,
0: he forgets that i'm like tony reality on around the horn on espn right now i can mute him anytime i want so. <laughs> but uh all right so moving into my good the bad and the ugly start off with um one one good um so i got a package in the mail uh a day or two ago didn't have a name on it but had my address so me and my roommates let it sit there all day because we didn't know what was in it or who was it was it, for
4: Was it ticking?
0: That's what we were. We were sitting there. We were like, I don't know if this is anthrax or what, but there was a package, a box sitting at our door. It was sitting there all day. We were all like, did anybody order something? All of us said no. Um, By the end of the night, uh, my roommate, Zach, was like, all right, I'm curious. I've got to open it. I walked up the stairs. I said, let me know what's in it. Well, he opens it and there is a hat, a koozie and a sticker. And it's this hat right here that uh, it says, throwback punks and daytime drunks the mercury lounge and then uh is this bar sucks i was like wait a minute what zach was like what does this even mean and i would come walking down the stairs and i was like ah that has to be for me <laughs> i was like there's no no question with the people i live with this is mine and I, I got to looking at it i was like i've been to the mercury mercury lounge those are turnpike troubadour's lyrics from their song the mercury and then i get i find the little tag inside and it said it was from none other than Jenny McLaughlin d So I, uh, I will have to throw a shout out to my sister-in-law and wish her an a early happy Mother's Day because she sent me this hat and a, a koozie and a sticker from the little dive bar slash uh, music venue that all of us had a good time at and drank the bar out of uh, Pearl Brand Beer uh, about three years ago. So thank you, Jenny, for... Even though you don't listen to this, thank you, Jenny, for this awesome hat that I've been wearing about and getting compliments on today. Um, the second good slash bad... Is that um, Andy? It's his birthday coming up in a few days. Andy's turning Big 27 on Tuesday. So that's good, I guess. Bad Happy is. Birthday, kid. Yeah, good good and bad of that is, um, like Andy said, he, he has to look at our faces. We have to see his face this weekend. Andy's making his big return back to the Oak City, the home of the Oak City Drifters from Country and Coal Cans this weekend for the first time since October 31st of last year. So we're going to be. Uh, Doing a little bit for his birthday this weekend. So I guess that's good and bad, um, depending on how Andy, Andy looks at that. But uh, <laughs> so looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I will say I have one fantastic update everybody on the golf tournament last weekend that we did. Uh, it was for a leukemia and lymphoma foundation. We raised almost $6,000 for the foundation. It's a really fun time. Um, great event that we went to. But my team absolutely crushed it. We were uh, playing out of our minds and pulling things out of our ass, chipping balls in off the side of the green that we normally would never do when we're playing <laughs> on the weekends for fun. And we finished 12 under par and fifth in the tournament. So, like, shout out to myself and my teammates for playing above our, above our heads for a weekend. We were two strokes back on winning money and, uh, for the third-place spot, but we, we didn't do it. So, respectable fifth-place uh, finish for for my uh my company's team so that's my good good slash bad and fantastic for the week thanks punching above your weight pretty much yeah so uh moving into the weekend look
2: at um what do you guys have going on
5: not everybody well, at once there's a nascar race but i think we're burying the lead if we talk about we'll talk about nascar later i mean that this begins mother's true. day i think there's a. Uh, there's two dads on this podcast. What are you guys doing?
4: as I mentioned earlier, we're uh, taking the kids to the gra- to my grandma's or to their grandma's <laughs> my mother's this weekend. Um, see the new house that she's had finally built and um, <clears throat> take the lovely mother right here next to me on our first date in almost a year. So Did the first we- time we're away from both the kids for an evening for a long time in a while.
2: Are you guys getting food or?
4: Yeah, we're getting some food. Going cool. to this really good restaurant in my hometown. Going to get cool. some uh, some salmon, some crab cakes, uh, martinis, <laughs> or, or a chocolate martini, me, uh, probably is gin, or vodka. Or both. Hey,
0: who knows? Hey, I mean, it's, it's your night, Morgan. <laughs> Why not both?
4: Uh, whiskey. No whiskey. Bridget happened because of whiskey. We're not having whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> But you took care of that. You don't have to worry about that anymore.
2: True. It's true. It's true.
4: That's a true story. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> oh
3: yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna celebrate uh on Sunday. Um but biggest thing we'll probably do is uh we're planning on taking Emmy has not been to a restaurant yet. Uh and we're gonna take her for the first time on Sunday. We're gonna go over to Colony. Jenny's favorite place in the world that has originally from Connecticut. It's New York style, you know, New Haven pizza. Uh, They opened up here maybe coming up on a year ago in Arlington. So we're going to go there on Sunday and it'll be Emmy's first experience in restaurant. Jenny getting to celebrate Mother's Day that way. So, you know, should be good. Um, You know, so we want to wish Crystal and Jenny both. Happy happy Mother's Day. I know Crystal listens every now and then, or at least listens in, but Jenny never listens, so uh, she'll never hear this.
0: Yeah, on that note, I'd like to take a moment to wish my own mother and my grandmother, and by extension, Jenny, and by extension through Morgan, Crystal, a happy Mother's Day as well. Um. Then uh, this will be the first year in a while I'm not going home for Mother's Day. So Andy, you kind of ruined those plans by you celebrating your birthday. I don't get to see my mom, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Andy coming here this weekend. Like I said, it's the first time he's been in
1: Raleigh since Halloween, so should be a good weekend. Oh, thank you. It was your idea. I actually forgot my birthday existed, so this one's on you. <laughs> 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 not gonna um, deny I that, said, thank you,
4: guys. <laughs>
5: I got, got my mom some flowers, but uh, because of COVID, they're going to get arrived tomorrow. And I actually live nearby now that we moved. So we'll probably go over there on, at some point, Saturday or Sunday. I actually got to see my mom last Thursday for a long period of time. I think I mentioned that. So it's been nice to to be able to go and got outside with her. And I'll tell her happy Mother's Day and all that jazz. Got some in-laws that I know listen to this. Happy Mother's Day uh brett we had on last week right so happy mother's day tina i don't know if you're gonna hear this in the car or not but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's cool to i mean we joke about this the older you get like i think mother's day is yeah we all um we all still have moms as in like we, we have a mom but it's cool to have like our friends now kind of uh get to celebrate it too that's kind of fun so i guess that's one of the cool aspects of getting older the, one of the only ones <laughs>
2: New chapters,
3: new families celebrating old holidays.
2: There you go.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, throw it over to Dustin to introduce the next topic.
3: Yep. Uh, So this week we were talking, um, you know, NFL draft is in our rear view. And, you know, obviously you got to take a look at it. All right. Well, we talked about ACC football for how many months on this podcast? Long time. So we, we were like, well, how'd the conference do? In terms of actual draft picks, um, obviously Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, everybody knows that. But overall, uh, just kind of want to run through, you know, how it turned out. ACC, if you include Notre Dame for the season, had fifty-one draft picks. If you if you exclude them, um, and you look at just from traditional football schools, it's forty-two. But the context being. The prior year, they only had 27. It was a pretty big jump uh, in draft picks for one year. Um, and it was interesting to see the the counts for the schools. Pitt, who we had a lot of fun with here last fall, being like early on saying that how good they were and then start talking about how terrible they were. They had six draft picks. They led the league. You know, so I, I'm sure someone who's a casual c fan would think, oh, Clemson is going to have all of them. Um, But they didn't. Uh, Actually, Clemson and UNC were on that second tier with five. Uh, Duke, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech each had four. And then the rest of the schools had two or one. Um, So it was it's pretty good. I mean, the conference had a really good year on that front. If you compare it to the rest of the power five SEC had 65, of course, you know, they set a record. This was an all time record, and the SEC is just another stratosphere. 15th straight year, they were had the most draft picks. Um, but the Big Ten had 44, Pac 12, 22, and the Big 12, 22. So, overall, you know, for all the talk we had about last year about the conference and um the way that people kind of down the football or our football teams, they did pretty good considering who's going to the league. Um, and I just want to shout out and then also, uh, you know, ask a question. Why Duke had the most draft picks they've had since 1973, and yet they still had one of the worst seasons they've uh, maybe not ever had, but one of the worst seasons ever under Cutcliffe. What the hell? So I want to throw that out there. But they did have four like pretty good draft picks, so that's uh promising. I, I can't say that'll happen next year.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> going so to
3: celebrate it now. Trust
0: me, I can relate because. 2017 draft we had seven draft picks four of which were in the first round and we finished nine and four that year we've been second in the conference since 2016 and most nfl draft picks in the acc and we have what to show for it a couple of second place division finishes two nine win seasons and one eight win season so yeah i feel your pain
3: yeah so Talent matters, obviously, uh, because, I mean, if you look across all of college football, Alabama and Ohio State each had 10 draft picks.
0: But when you look at
3: those teams, I mean, they're a bunch of men lining up against you. I even like when they even when you see them line up against Clemson, there's a disparity and uh, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, I toss it out. I mean, y'all may want to talk about some of your, you know. Team specifically but i i thought it was interesting to break down across the leagues acc did really well and we should celebrate that given we're in part an acc podcast it pretty often at least during football season and basketball season
4: i was uh, i was pretty excited for uh, tech having two in the first round this year it's, uh, yeah it's cool. the third third time in the last 30 years they've had two players go in the first round both of which i i really thought were gonna go um around towards the end of the top 10 and beginning of like the top top 15. I had swore the Chargers were going to take um uh, the uh, the left tackle. Um and then of course the cornerback he had a back surgery and that dropped his draft
2: stock all the way towards the end.
4: <clears throat> but uh I was surprised that none of the, the running backs for UNC made it into the first round. I swore at least one of them. I mean, I'm not talking trash. I figured one of them would have maybe snuck in there and gotten taken by the, the stupid Steelers. <laughs> they took, <laughs> took Najee Harris. God forbid, God forbid they don't need an offensive line or anything.
5: <laughs> they took Najee Harris from Alabama, I think.
4: Oh, he's, he's, he's good. What, what's he going to run behind?
5: You guys, uh, Washington took uh, North, the North
0: Carolina receiver, though, in the first round, yes. right?
4: Uh, no, they took the North Carolina receiver in the, in the fourth, fourth,
0: round. fourth round. Took Dami Brown in the fourth.
4: Yeah, my um, days are getting confused. Yeah, they're, <laughs> and they're uh, they're saying that he might be the steal of the draft.
0: Yeah, uh, Dami Brown's a baller, man. Like that guy is he's got some wheels and he can get out in space. So I was actually pretty excited about that pick for the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, to uh, the, yeah. the,
4: the receiver we took from Ohio State in the third round the other year. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, they said he's pretty much Terry McLaurin 2.0.
0: Yeah, I mean him
4: with Curtis Samuel's from the, the Panthers. Yep, they're gonna be nasty.
0: Yep, we're just missing a quarterback. Hopefully, Fitzmagic can be just that and work his magic this yeah. year.
4: Quick, quick, just I'll, I'll I won't go too deep into this one. Fitz Magic is he gonna take us to the playoffs, or we're we gonna suck so bad we have the first round draft pick next year? <laughs> <laughs> Calling on win, it now. Win win. win.
5: <laughs> I'll point out one thing that stood out to me. I was surprised at the fact that Kentucky had six players drafted. Yeah. That seems seems like a surprise coming out of the SEC. To put that in perspective, Florida had eight, LSU had seven, Kentucky had six, and
0: Clemson had five. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. Figure that one out. Yeah, uh, the the Redskins took uh, the linebacker out of Kentucky in the first round.
4: Davis is supposed to be really good.
0: Yeah. So – I know that uh, NC State, we had one draft pick this year, which is a little bit lower than what we've had the past few years. But the guy that um, I think he went to third round to the Detroit Lions, Alim McNeil. McNeil is an absolute monster on the defensive line. So they got a good one there. And uh, we we've, been, we've been one program in the ACC this consistently over the last 10 years, been putting out some defensive line talent in the league. Yeah. So they got a good one in Detroit.
4: Well, you guys, had a lot, you guys have a lot of you guys returning next year too. Yeah. That's probably why you didn't have anyone really go in the draft this year.
0: Yeah, we didn't really have. We're not really losing much this year, so uh, it's a positive outlook for the season.
1: Andy, I assume you're a Wolfpack guy. Yep, I am. I don't keep up with it a ton, but yes, I am a Wolfpacker. <laughs> all right, it's <so> like <laughs> it should be a Lions fan this year. <laughs> no, I'm going to stick Andy's with my like Cowboys. A Cowboys
4: fan.
5: Yeah. Boo. But... Oh, all right. Sorry. Uh, go ahead,
4: uh, uh, Tony. Tony, go ahead. and Mute him. done (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: go ahead Dustin
3: but uh, yeah no, I I think it was just interesting to see uh, just how well uh, top to bottom I thought the conference did really well Um, ACC did it was spread across the league Mm -hmm. you know and if you look at like the big 10 10 of their 44 draft picks were from Ohio State
2: so well, you know, for all the top-heavy talk about our, us in basketball, little top-heavy, huh? <laughs> Conference <at> records.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, look, the uh, especially considering the ACC didn't have that great of a year on the field in the bowl <laughs> games, like, it just shows that the talent was there. I just don't know what we were doing <laughs> in bowl oh, season no. this year.
4: I'll go on record and say I think that they're going to uh... – top next year's draft with what they did this year. I think they're going to have at least maybe 20 more players that are going to go early in the draft.
0: Morgan, I do have a question for you. And for all of our longtime listeners, I think everyone wants to know this. And when, uh, when did Heisman Herbert get drafted? Uh,
4: fifth or sixth round, I think.
0: <laughs>
5: Morgan, your correct answer was the same round as Tom Brady.
4: Yes. <laughs> i was premature on that one <laughs> Grant, granted granted uh mid all oh, actually beyond half the season they um he led the nation in rushing and all-purpose yards so until he got injured
0: yeah i mean he had a good year we just, we beat that dead horse during football season. So I, I had to bring it, full, bring it full circle and bring it up one more time. <laughs> it wouldn't yeah, be miserable it, and reckless without it.
3: Yeah. If you listen it all in the fall, you know what we're talking about. Okay. We did not let Morgan live it down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So moving into uh, the anchor topic, I'm going to throw it over Ryan angle and introduce this week's uh, anchor topic where we have a, Andy on for this reason, because Andy obviously didn't talk much about football because, as he said, he doesn't follow. But he knows a little bit more about this next sport that we're about to discuss.
5: All right. So this weekend is Mother's Day. Um, Normally, Mother's Day and Easter are the two holidays that NASCAR doesn't happen. And for the first time this year, uh, I believe this is the first time in quite a while, if if maybe ever, there's going to be a race this weekend and it's going to be the NASCAR throwback race um what that usually when that usually happens is in um in the fall and it usually happens at Darlington uh which is what the lady in black I think is what they call it you uh people that race around there get a Darlington stripe because they constantly rub the wall and you get this big long black stripe on the side of your car but um uh from hitting the wall around there it's just a, it's it's just one of the what I'll call the old school race tracks and people really like it and over the past couple of years um the coverage the the tv coverage has kind of made a big deal of this and you know the announcers will dress up in in like 80s garb or 70s garb or, and and they'll have like the old microphones with like the old 70s peacock on the logo and it's kind of a gimmick but um it's also kind of a good time because you get to see kind of a lot of these like throwback um a lot of these like throwback uh, paint jobs and logos and things of that nature it's a chance for the current drivers to uh, go back in time, pick like a really famous logo or something like that. And chances are, if you've got an opinion about NASCAR, either good or bad, you probably know uh, some of the logos we're talking about. I think pretty much everyone, you'd be hard pressed to not know about the Good Runch 3 or uh, his son's uh, Budweiser 8, uh, Dale Jr.'s Budweiser 8 that was going around the track. These are cars that are relatively recognizable. And for those that have watched the sport, there are other cars that um, that are just really famous. Um, I guess we'll kind of leave it at that. But basically what we wanted to do is kind of, it's a weekend to celebrate um, past NASCAR racing and growing up with your family, watching it, racing roots, all that kind of different stuff. And we figured why not bring on uh, somebody who actually has a little bit of racing background. I know we've, uh, mentioned Morgan's racing past in the background. It goes back generations in his family. But Andy, um, I'll be honest, Logan kind of let us know about this a little bit last week. And short of knowing about your love for American Aquarium and Turnpike Troubadours, like I don't know anything about this. So like, can you tell me a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, I grew up racing uh, go-karts and basically all over the Southeast. I uh, My dad started racing sometime in I think the 80s. And basically it's, I was going on the racetrack since I was a little bitty baby.
2: Did you uh how long did you
5: race for?
1: Oh, let's see. I raced from the time I was 7 years old until I was probably 19, 20.
0: Then
5: he discovered
1: beer at the bar for $2. <laughs> <laughs> what
4: uh where did your dad race? At? What did he race?
1: Uh, he raced go-karts as well. He raced mostly local to Halifax County, around this area. It used to be really popular around here.
0: First. one funny story i do remember from freshman year um andy was in his last year racing and andy had built himself up to at that point he had won a couple of stage championships and he had had a sponsor andy comes back from a weekend race on crutches and me and me and clint were like what in the hell did you do to yourself racing go-karts in your own crutches i'm gonna get andy to tell the story in a little bit right after this but andy got into a fight and on the
1: go-kart track andy if you want to expand a little bit on that well we got it was in turn one the guy uh the guy wrecked me and then got in my face about me wrecking him and i was like hey what the hell man this was you did this and i was like i'm, I'm done i'm not messing with this and i pushed him and then we uh went to the ground and my ankle stayed my foot stayed in one spot and my body went to the ground in a different direction
0: Isn't this the same guy that you you exacted revenge on his helmet?
1: Yeah, I tried to rub, you know, if you know about racing, you know, a lot of people have expensive paint jobs on their helmets. And I was going to try to scratch his helmet up in the dirt. And uh, yeah. Because Andy
0: Andy came back to the apartment and told me and Clint, he goes, Yeah, he's like, I got him good. We were like, What'd you do? Did you like break his arm or like punch him in the eye or something? And he's like, Nah, man, I
1: fucked that guy's helmet up real good. And me and Clint (laughs) were like, What? Uh (laughs) almost the worst thing about that one too is the the pits are like back in turn four and this was all in turn one and i just left everything in turn one and went all the way down the front stretch hopping on one foot because i couldn't walk anymore
5: (laughs) you should have seen the other guy right
1: (laughs)
0: yeah he had one scratched up helmet
5: (laughs) what's the uh what's like the biggest or maybe like the most well-known racetrack that you got a chance, or if there wasn't one, what's the coolest one, or what was your most enjoyable?
1: 2 Let's see. I don't think I've been to one that's really all that well-known, but uh, my favorite track was always uh, a million motor raceway. And, um, it's in Amelia, Virginia. It's kind of like central Southern Virginia over. It's like straight West of Richmond. Out in the out in the sticks, like most racetracks, that was that was definitely my favorite racetrack that I ever went to. Is it because you won there a lot, or yeah, pretty much. That that was my best track by far. That was my best track. It, I, it's just where I did the best at. I don't I actually never won there a lot. That's where I won. I did win my first state championship at that track, but I always just ran good there. So obviously, that, you tend to like the places you run good.
0: But Andy, make sure when you talk about those state championships, what is the number one thing you have to think
1: every time you uh, you want a championship? It's your tires. I mean, that's, <laughs> races are all one on the tires. So I, I have I got my tire shirt on right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andy, like used to we used to mess with him because Andy used to t- talk about how he always had tire prep. He would always have to put on uh, his go-kart when he was working on it. And he would show up to high school and his eyes would be so swollen from the tire prep that everyone swore. Like, we were like, are you smoking weed or something? And he's like, "No, nah, man, it's tire prep. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, go ahead. Uh, so Andy, why don't you tell us about some of the, um, some of the guys that you had the, I guess maybe fortunate, unfortunate. I don't know what your experiences were with them, but some of the guys you got to race with on the dirt track go-kart days that are now in NASCAR.
1: Let's see. Uh, When I raced against these guys at the time and they were in NASCAR, I raced against both the Dillon brothers and I raced against Matt Crafton. Both of them, all all three of them were already in NASCAR at the time. And then um, growing up, I never raced against him because he was, I think he's a year or two older than me. So it's kind of like I guess like you sports, same thing. He was in a, a class above me because of age, but uh, the most recent Bush series winner, Jeb Burton was always, I was always around him at the track. I never knew him, but uh, I, he was always there. And then uh, Brandon Brown is also in the Bush series. I, I grew up, we were friends when we were about 11, 12 years old that hadn't talked to him, you know, since he moved on from go-karts, but uh, he's in the Bush series. And I was, I was friends with him with when we were younger.
5: It's cool. He's he's doing big
1: big stuff now. Brandon is right. Yep. Yeah. He's running because he still he drives for his family's team and they're running like right around top ten in the Bush Series, racing against all the big guys. Yeah.
0: So Andy, why don't you tell us about which one of these guys that you say couldn't drive for shit back in the day?
1: Oh, Jeb Burton. It'd be Jeb Burton because he had all of uh he had all that Ward Burton money, Coca Cola sponsorship on his trailer when he came in. I'll tell you. I think that guy's best finish hit Margaretsville, which is the local track around here, but probably 21st. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: did you ever get a chance to speak to Ward Burton? And if so, do you understand a word that he
1: said? No, I don't think I, I only saw him once at the track and they were actually talking about him on a racing podcast i listened to they just want the anything that guy says is hilarious and the funniest thing about that too is his brother sounds nothing like him
5: his brother's on uh on generally on like racing coverage usually or like on the on the shows during the week right if i have it right
1: am i saying that right i think yeah i think he so yeah he works with i think NBC, maybe, but he sounds nothing like his brother. There's an obvious reason that Jeff Burton's the one that's on TV, not Ward. But I would rather have Ward on TV. (laughs)
4: Agreed. Well,
5: I don't know if you know this, but Morgan's uh, company routinely sponsors Jeff Burton now that he's a big boy up in the Xfinity series. So we'll leave Unless you want to tell them, Morgan, we'll leave out what your company is. But no, I know we all...
4: Sure. career <laughs> tank Lines.
5: Oh, okay. Well, there you go.
4: So, <laughs> I'm and I'm actually from the hometown as the Burton brothers too. So I grew Where up. Where are they from? South
1: up, uh, South
4: Boston, Virginia. Yep, I know. Which exactly is Halifax County, Virginia?
2: <laughs> the other
3: Halifax County.
4: I grew up uh, in the '80s, early '90s, going to the racetrack there in South Boston. Uh, every saturday watching them race watching the Elliott sadler race the bodine brothers came to town a lot racing there too it was pretty cool we used to have the nascar circuit come through for the uh the late model stock cars racing
1: i actually think i did race against uh hermy sadler so once he got out of nascar i think he started a a go-kart team which he still has now i think i did used to race against him i think my dad used to race against the saddlers when they were kids yeah yeah
2: and the sad the connection there america is the saddlers are from
3: emporia virginia which is like just basically down the road from where we're from so when you stop off interstate 95 in emporia it's like the Sadler gas station and the Sadler IHOP and the Sadler Five Guys and this, you know, the they own the the whole area basically.
0: Andy, what's that Italian restaurant they have right by Five Guys? Was it uh Fosho? Yep, Fosho. Yeah, they get Ric Flair to do the radio commercials. They're like, "Come on down to Fosho Italian Grill," and he'd be like, Woo
2: <laughs> Find a, a, a reason to not get Ric Flair into this podcast. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so for what it's worth um i guess we should clarify this i mean andy when you're talking about go karts you're racing we're not talking about go karts at like the uh at like the county fair or something like that where you're driving around like bumper cars and stuff like that you're talking about like the real like karting with like the roll yep. cages and stuff right
1: yeah uh, the ones dirt mostly dirt track racing is like non-roll cage but uh the roll cages, for some reason were never as popular i guess for some reason shockingly people got hurt more with the roll cage than they did without the roll cage so i guess that just was never popular did you ever have a super bad accident that like really kind of made you think twice about it or it didn't make me think twice about it but uh yeah I, i broke up a lot of the fences are made out of like railroad ties basically I broke one of them in half one time and got a pretty wicked concussion, but never made me think twice about it. But yeah, that, that hurt a little bit. If you had to estimate how many concussions did you get growing up? I don't know. Maybe five, six, seven, maybe. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quit going in the doctor after the first one, because they can't do anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or to
5: be worried about you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Morgan, do you ever have any opportunity to get out on the track or race anything or get in your dad's stuff or grandfather's stuff or anything like that?
4: Um, I remember a few times we, we used to go to the, uh, to the racetracks earlier on Saturday and uh, sometimes earlier in the week when they'd be doing their, uh, the practice runs. And uh, my dad took me in the car a couple of times or on the track. Going, going pretty, pretty fast. He said, you buckle me in, just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, we had, a lot of times we would uh, hang out down in the, in the pit watching the races up on top of one of the, uh, the work bands, watching the races, which was really fun. It was, uh, it's been years since I've been to a race there, too. I'm hoping to get back there
2: soon. Um, I'd love to go.
5: <clears throat> if if we ever make it down to the to the cabin or something yeah. like that, I'd love to be able to do the cabin and and a race at South Boston. We'll have to yeah. um,
4: to plan it right. Yeah, we used to. When my dad owned you know the the flying eleven car that uh, Roy Hendrick drove, um, we used to go to South Boston Speedway, in my hometown. We'd go to Kenston, uh, Wiltson. All over North Carolina. We get a Southside Speedway, which unfortunately I heard Southside Southside Speedway. I think uh, they said closed down just recently, which
2: was uh, horrible news. I could be wrong about that, but
0: I'm so not sure. Morgan, was it like a dirt track or was it paved that uh, paved. you were around? Paved. Paved. paved.
4: The uh, the track in my hometown when they first built it back in the '60s was a dirt bowl, and then they paved it uh, towards the end of the '60s, early '70s. And if I remember correctly, reading, uh, Richard Petty has uh, six or five or six trophies from South Boston Speedway <laughs> back when uh, the NASCAR boys actually used to run there.
2: Well. I'm, uh, How should, I say this, I'm, I'm always
5: excited when, when like, I think a couple of years ago, Danny Hamlin went down there and ran something. He ran like a local race or something like that down there. And I know I've given you crap in the past because he ran the flying 11. And then I didn't realize the connection that I was like, wait, wait a second. Oh, he's not just running this like on a lark. It's because he's actually got a connection to it. And I was like, haven't I seen this before? It's in Morgan's cabin, right? And I sent it to Morgan. He's like, oh, yeah, it's my grandpa's car.
4: <laughs> well, it's it's my, my dad's car. The, right. the original Flying 11 was uh, the, the driver who drove for my dad. It was his dad's original car when he drove mm-hmm. the, the modified cars back in the, the 60s. Um, but yeah, Denny did the Flying 11 theme for the Darlington Throwback. What was it 2018?
2: He won whenever he ran it. I remember that. He took and it to was, victory lane.
4: Uh, he was doing it to honor uh, Ray Hendrick from uh, who they nicknamed Mr. Modified because uh, they were all from uh, the South uh, Southside Speedway Richmond area. But he was just doing it to honor him. I think they had uh, Roy on there as well talking about it for a little while. Which
2: is pretty cool well do you guys want to dive into the the throwbacks
5: or do you guys yeah. want to keep trading paint and <laughs> rubbing and racing stories well,
4: <laughs> i will say the, the, the biggest memories i have of going to the speedways as a little kid is just the smell of the asphalt burnt burnt rubber uh fried bologna sandwiches uh, just the, the smell of gasoline in the air and your ears just burning from the, the whizzing of the cars going around the track. It was definitely a good, great, great memory as a child going to those races.
5: Morgan, did you or Andy, did you guys ever go down to the track and stand right next to it and get kind of nauseous when the cars go by real fast? No, I've never had that happen. Really?
4: nauseous, but your ears, man, if you, if you don't have something covering your ears up it that it I'd almost stings your damn eardrums.
2: We uh I've I've gone with my uncle
5: to Langley and then obviously we went to Daytona and some other stuff. If you if you ever go to one of these bigger races and you go stand down right next to the uh right next to the fence as they go by, it it'll it'll uh it'll give you a little bit of vertigo there for a split second because they're just going so damn fast and you're standing so damn still that <laughs> uh it's also a really good way to get peppered with a bunch of tires,
0: uh tire splatter
5: coming off everything. So I
2: don't
0: know. I will say I've never been to a race of any kind because Andy never invited me and Clint back in the day. (laughs) So we never actually went. Me me and Clint told him we'd be his crew and he never invited us. So just like when I'm going to put Clint on blast too, Clint goes to Pennsylvania all the time for trail rides and never invited me and Andy. So they both, you know, are kind of being, what was it? You called Carter on the last episode of country and Coal cans, a useless asshole. So, <laughs> but no, uh, so, I mean, I've never been to a race before of any kind. So, I, um, I think that it would be a fun trip sometime in the future for, uh, and to go to like maybe a NASCAR race or even a local race or something. We kind of do an on location thing. That'd be a fun trip.
4: Definitely, This will be the episode South that we, sorry, right, Morgan. You can say i definitely take you guys to South Boston speedway when we do a cabin trip.
2: Let's and do you know,
4: it. I think we need to make a trip, uh, a long haul to uh, either Darlington or Talladega one of these days.
5: I don't have kids, so I'm down whenever you guys want to go.
0: Yeah, (laughs) same here. I don't even have a wife, so I can just pretty much pack up and tell my mom she's watching Bella.
5: (laughs) This will be the, by the way, that we point to when we say that we need press passes. We'll say, yeah, well, we clearly did a whole episode on
0: NASCAR, so please give us press pass. (laughs) And while we're at it, we sponsor it. Please sponsor us, Bojangles. Yeah, it's bow time. <laughs> I'm sitting there at the racetrack, watching the cars go around and around, making another left turn. And I just thought to myself, it's bow time. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: do you guys want to go through? We got some notes here. Uh, obviously, there's there's some NASCAR throwbacks this weekend um where it where it becomes kind of interesting right is uh we talk about this on air but then we also try and we did the same thing with minor league baseball we can talk about the logos but you can only talk about them so much so maybe we'll have to put a few of, of of our favorites or something on the facebook page so people can actually see the logos as opposed to us just talking about them especially if you're listening to this and you're like oh boy they just they just gone down a hole with nascar i have no clue what they're talking about so we'll try and We'll try and bring this out for you, but, uh, uh,
2: Dustin, I know you had some notes, so what do you got? Where are some uh, of your, stories, your favorites? Uh, well, I think, uh, I'll
3: start with Cal Bush. Y'all, uh, that's the one I'm supposed to like and y'all hate, right? Um, he's doing 80 years of M and M's R- real
2: creative. Thanks, bud. <laughs> um,
3: that is Kyle worry, really-
4: so.
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Looks exactly the same. <laughs> don't care. I don't know. I'll cheer for him anyway if y'all hate him. Just to be the opposite. Um also uh Bill's
3: kid is doing Alan Kwicki's nineteen ninety-two uh championship Hooters Ford, which I think is pretty sweet. I mean Hooters, shout
0: out, sponsor us.
3: <laughs> Hashtag sponsor us. Um I, I just remember. I distinctly remember that car <clears throat> and my grandparents. My my only real connection to NASCAR is my grandparents really liked it more so in the '90s, and we would be over there some when they would listen to it, or if we went over on like after church or something on Sunday. So I remember Alan Kulwicki and Davey Allison. I, I I picked Earnhardt much to their sadness because um, they were all Ford fans. Um, but I I remember that and I think it's awesome that he's doing that. It might be the only thing that uh, Bill's kid's ever done right.
2: Um, By Bill's, Aaron, we meet Chase Elliott. <laughs> Bill's kid,
3: Bill's <laughs> kid. Um, Jeffrey Earnhardt's running uh, a Dale Earnhardt throwback, which I thought was cool. I was actually talking with my wife about it this week. I was we were I was kind of we were talking about it. it is anyone like in a position to be able to actually run other than like Dale jr. To run a throwback of senior. And I know probably some people have done it. I doubt anyone's probably done the intimidator. I have no idea. I've not researched this, but it's, it makes sense that an earn would do it. And I, it's, it's honoring the Olympics. So it's a very patriotic car. It's a throwback to Dale just altogether. Awesome. Um, and uh there's some other good ones, uh, but one that stood out that's definitely on brand for me is this Joe Graf Jr. He's doing a <laughs> Back to the Future DeLorean. I, I my mind was blown. I was like, what? <laughs> that does not seem uh in line with what any everyone else is doing at all, but I love it. And so he is now my new favorite racer. And I'm sure I'm gonna spend a lot of time uh following him.
2: Well, you're gonna which have means
3: to follow- I'm good. You're Which gonna have means to I'm going to Google him on Wednesdays and uh, find out if he did
2: anything.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to watch a lot of back-of-the-pack
0: racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but where where he's going, we won't need roads.
2: <laughs> that's right. Maybe
3: that's why he's doing the throwback. He thinks he can just float up and like go over everybody. <laughs> but, I mean, there's some other good ones. Um, I think the only other one I'll... Um, Mentioned is, uh, was Eric Amarillo? Amarillo?
2: Amarola.
3: Amarola. Um, he's doing the Mark Martin, Martin Win Dixie scheme, which I thought was pretty cool. Um,
2: I remember Dixie.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, my grandparents loved Mark Martin. Um, so that was a connection for me, but also I distinctly remember, well, Runner Crabbers used to have Win Dixie. Um, and I distinctly remember going with my grandma to Winn-Dixie. I don't know how old it was. I was a little eight years old, maybe. And they had a bunch of the NASCAR, like cars out in the parking lot that you could go out and like see and take pictures with. I'm sure somewhere in her house, there's like a photo book of me and her, like
2: next to all these cars that were parked out in the Winn-Dixie parking lot. So, oh yeah, man. Good choice. Well,
5: uh, Andy, to bring you back into this, I know Kyle Larson's running his first ever go-kart
0: scheme. That's Andy's boy. That's his favorite driver. (laughs) Why do I sense there's a story there? Well, because Andy, I don't even know if Andy remembers this, but I remember Andy used to never talk about racing with me and Clint because we know nothing about racing, but Andy went on Facebook one day and Kyle Larson apparently maybe had won or ran well that day. And Andy goes, I've been a Kyle Larson fan for a long time. Just went on this long diatribe about why Kyle Larson was the, for about the best driver in NASCAR and me and me and he wasn't Clint, in NASCAR yet well, I remember whatever, this whatever he was doing me and Clint saw it and we were like and we waited for Andy to come back into the uh living room we were like you know what I've been a Kyle Larson fan for so long <laughs> it's like so Andy Andy's been an early supporter of uh Mr. Larson
1: I remember that race I just got done watching it
0: the race when they
1: ran they ran, when they ran the late models on the backstretch at Daytona during speed weeks and he flat out wrecked C.E. Falk to win the race because it was right before he got to NASCAR and he had to, you, you got to win to get to, you know, keep progressing. So he had to win. Didn't matter if he, how he won, but he had to win the race. So he just flat out wrecked C.E. Falk to win the race. And it was awesome. Uh, tell
2: you what. Daytona is an experience in and of itself. So, especially if you see a wreck. Uh, um,
5: I thought his go kart scheme was cool. So, uh, I will admit, I may post this on the page. His uh, fire suit, it, lo- it legit looks like a nine year old should wear it. I mean, this thing's got like a checkered flag on the leg, and it's like red, yellow, and blue primary colors. I mean, it's 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 something something interesting for sure. Um, you guys mentioned Kowicki. Alan Kowicki is a, is a, uh, driver from the eighties. It's from North Carolina. Um, he obviously had the famous, uh, Hooters car that Dustin mentioned that Chase will be running. Chase is sponsored by Hooters. So that makes sense. Um, still to this day, never been in a Hooters. I should probably go to one since, uh, my boy is sponsored by them.
0: (laughs) I tell you what, Ryan, um, next time you come to Raleigh, um, for whenever you want to come down here, there is a historic Hooters here because okay. the one on Wake Forest Road where um, Andy only went there a handful of times but me and my boy Chase O'Brien used to go there for about a year and a half span. We used to go there every Wednesday and eat the wings. We made friends with a lot of the people in there. This was the first Hooters in the country outside of the state of Florida. Interesting. Yeah. So that should be your first trip to Hooters is to the, the first one outside of its home state. Okay. All right, so you've got sounds. Hey, we'll do that. We'll
5: do that during Triangle Beach Music Festival. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Thursday night music festival, or maybe during uh, maybe during the NC State uh, Carolina game. This oh week.
0: yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Nothing like going to Hooters today for Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: Um, the
5: other one that I was going to mention that is also a cool wiki car. That's a very famous car is, uh, is there is a Z-Rex car, which is a, like a blue and white and red car. Um, that had a very specific paint job that was pretty famous back in the day. And Corey LaJoy is running it and he's slowly become one of my favorite guys to your point about Joe Graf Jr. Um, you do kind of have to watch the back of the pack for him a little bit, but he rides around in a number seven and he's just he's salt of the earth, dude. Um, Apparently he makes a lot of the steering wheels in NASCAR
1: for a lot of the guys there. And he's, his pretty- dad makes seats, uh, LaJoy seats. His dad, Randy Lejoy. they make a lot of seats.
5: Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause Dale Earnhardt was uh senior, or sorry, junior was getting a car like redone. He's got this whole graveyard thing on his property with old cars and stuff. And he was getting a car redone. And, um, I guess he went to Corey LaJoy and got the wheel and the, and the seat done. And he said like, it was like a perfect replica of exactly what it used to look like and stuff. Apparently they're really, really talented at, at, at putting that kind of work together off the track. So Corey LaJoy, pretty, pretty solid dude. And a really good interview if, if uh, they would ever give him some screen time. So um, speaking of dads, uh, Ryan Blaney is another guy. Uh, he races Ford. Uh, he's repping his dad. Uh, not many people know that, uh, his dad raced as well, but his dad, Dave Blaney, uh, raced for a while. I think they called him like the Buckeye. I want to say they called him the Buckeye bullet or something like that. Cause he was from Ohio, but, uh, he's, he's repping his dad's. So, um, again, I guess I'm team, uh, when your dad does something a little bit better than you do, and you're still trying to do it, but <laughs> between, between the LaJoy's and uh, the Elliott's and Blaney's uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching those guys and paying attention to those guys this weekend. And speaking of people who did not do things correctly, uh, Dustin, you are, you mentioned this in passing, but Austin Dillon, come on, man, you're You're driving the three car. Can you please not like, just do a senior throwback. I know people are going to get mad and they're going to yell at you and whatever, but like, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta do a senior throwback at some point. Just, just bite the bullet and do it. You're already driving the three. People already don't like you. Just, Let's get it done. And then, uh, the last one, uh, to be fair, I'm not a huge Austin Dillon fan. And then the last one is uh Tyler Ankrum in the truck series is doing the Ricky Bobby wonder bread, uh, paint scheme on his truck, which is phenomenal. So good for you, buddy, for just, Hey, I kind of know who you were, but if you see the number 26 race in tomorrow night, if you happen to tune in on, I believe it's probably gonna be on FS1 if it's a truck race. Um, uh, Tyler Ankrum, look for the 26. He's got the Ricky Bobby uh, Wonder Bright truck. So that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> I really hope he wins and then does some sort of shake and bake or strips down to his underwear and runs around the track. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> hey, well, you better come in first because you ain't first, you're last. Right?
2: Bingo. Uh,
0: well, hell, Ricky. <laughs> I was drunk when I said that. <laughs> I own
2: peyote.
4: you can come second you can come third fourth hell even fifth
5: (laughs) there was a and i know i texted you guys about this in the past there was speaking of fights andy uh two guys and i think it was in the truck series and they got into a fight on the track and i guess it got separated out or something like this and i'll I'll have to figure i know i've sent this article to you guys and the one of the guys tweeted at the other guy like if you want to if you want to finish where we left off like you you can come down to the Applebee's on Main Street in Indianapolis and we can throw <laughs> and like they all showed up and they were like ready to quote throw hands was that was literally the term he used in the tweet and like the police got involved and there was a big fight at at Applebee's like oh, after- yeah brother <laughs> <laughs> so like, like that movie is more realistic than people want to want to give it credit for <laughs>
0: so there is one question I want to ask the group, because if I'm remembering correctly, Andy and I were diametrically opposed on this viewpoint. I said one time when we were living together, and I'm not a big racing fan by any means, so I said this is just me as a Southerner. I think we should retire the number three, and Andy said, no, we shouldn't. I want to know what the other guys have to, think, have to say about it.
2: I think it makes sense to retire. It makes to retire.
5: Like a like a Jackie Robinson, like the one number that's retired at every racetrack or something. Yeah, like I guess I could see that. But are you going to retire any other
2: numbers ever in the future? I mean, probably not because there
5: ain't going to be another
0: intimidator. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your answer.
5: I would worry There's that it not- would open the. I would worry that it would open the door to like, like for example, if you're retiring three, like we don't need to retire the 48, you know. Like, they're just not on the same scale, I guess. Yeah.
3: Well, that's what he's saying. He's saying that you wouldn't have to retire anything else because ain't nobody else going to be a senior.
2: Andy, why do you think we should keep it?
1: I just don't think any number should be retired because in NASCAR, it's it's too just – I mean, it's not so many numbers you can have, and at times you have – well, you used to have. You don't have any more, but you should have 60 cars showing up for one race. And at times, you know – throughout the year, you'd have a hundred cars showing up to race. And then, you know, traditionally in stock car racing, you're on two digit two digit numbers. What was There's your not number so please? many numbers to go from. I was always number
0: nine. Oh, nine hey, Carter nine. I think is your email, right?
1: Yeah. So I'm assuming you're a Chase Elliott fan then. Clearly. Uh, not really. I like Chase <laughs> Elliott. The only reason I had number nine is that, um, my uncle bought a go-kart that got passed down to me that was done up like a bill Elliott thing. And yeah. we just, nobody in my family believed in changing anything. If it's like that, we ain't spending money to change it. Fair enough. <laughs>
5: fair enough. I'm sorry. Logan's putting nasty stuff in the group chat. Uh, fair enough. Oh, man, I, there's so many other questions I could ask, but I, I'm not sure if it's going to bore the rest of the guys or the rest of our listeners. I mean, like
4: I would say Andy, they sneered your, your cars off of the Elliot's just probably not. I mean, if you want to be a winner, you don't want to be associated with the Elliot's.
5: Yeah. Million dollar bill. Hey, these guys love to make fun of the Elliot's on this podcast. I just, I don't understand it. Going against, going against the grain, just, just to go against the grain here.
3: Bill Elliot sucks.
2: Next topic. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I just, his son sucks
2: too.
1: <laughs> agree. Do y'all all know about like the the pool hall in Dawsonville, Georgia? Absolutely, Do y'all. The most i dis- have heard the most disappointing thing I've ever heard is that that pool hall is not a bar; it's like a hot dog place. Mm-hmm. They don't serve any alcohol, apparently. No, that's the most disappointing thing I'd ever heard. I, I heard that like Dale Jr. said the exact same thing when he heard that is everybody always pictures that that pool hall and the siren goes off. It's it's a bar, but it's not.
2: Uh,
5: I still want to go, though. I still would like to go just to say I went. And For those who don't know, there's this place in Dawsonville, Georgia. It's a small, small town, and uh, it's where the Elliots are from, and they've got this local hangout spot. And whenever one of the Elliots wins, no matter the time of day or night, they light off this siren, I guess. And I don't know how that's different from a siren, but I know that it's got two E's in it. And the thing is just shrill and loud as hell. And especially when they've got, I think Chase has won a couple of rain races since I started watching. So it'll be like a Tuesday night at like 9 PM when you think like kids are trying to go to sleep or something like that. And the siren starts up and they, you know, show it on coverage. And I'm like, they gotta be, is so sick of hearing that thing go off every now and again.
4: What do you but mean sick? It probably has only gone off like five times in the last 50 years.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: gone off so, a few so, times than that.
3: <laughs> so you're saying it's as annoying as the aliens. Got it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if you're going to have an annoying siren, you should at least have some alcohol at the place. So when people show up to see what the hell's going on, they'll
0: be satiated. That's all. <laughs> But or,
5: again, you know, they
4: don't, once again, they don't have to worry about hearing it that often. So,
0: or if you're going to have an annoying siren or sirene in this case, at least you should be a winner, like the first place Carolina Hurricanes. I guess so. I mean, Chase, <laughs> Chase won the whole thing last year. I don't know how much more you
5: can win. <laughs> and next topic, he cheated.
3: <laughs> it's an asterisk year for all championships of that year, anyway. So,
0: pretty much.
4: It's Ip, Ip, so facto,
0: whatever.
5: Do you guys, you guys want to touch on anything else? I mean, there's a lot of history that goes into it. Dale Jr. is going to ride around this weekend before the race starts on Sunday. I think it's on Sunday at 3. Um, I forget some of the other stuff that was in there. I know if you go to the track, they're giving away free flowers to uh, all the moms that enter, and I thought that, that was a nice touch. So uh, way to go, NASCAR. and. What did we learn here on this episode? We learned that Dustin's now a fan of Joe Graff Jr. And uh he's gotten in a couple fights, a couple of scuffles on the track. Morgan, you got any you got any takeaways from this weekend?
4: We just reminded ourselves we don't like the Elliott's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking forward to the throwbacks. That'd be pretty pretty cool to see it. They remind me of watching you know, the races, like I said,
2: from the 80s and early 90s.
0: All right. All right, moving on into what normally would be everyone's favorite topic, but we're going to take a, a brief uh, break this week from Morgan's Cancel Corner, but do not let your hearts be troubled, Miserable and Reckless audience, because it will be back. So instead, we're going to debut a very new um, segment this week that me and Ryan have kind of been talking about. We're going to have a uh, recurring segment each month called Song of the Month, where each of us pick one of our own personal songs of the month, highlight that, and then one that we've uh, collaborated on and kind of bring some attention to some music that is definitely worth checking out. So, to start things off, Ryan, if you want to introduce your song of the month. Sure.
5: Mine is by a guy called Trace Mountains. And the name of the song is Lost in the Country. Um, for whatever it's worth, I kind of stumbled into this guy earlier this year. Um, he's got a really interesting album out there's another song on it called fallen rain um by trace mountains and long story short is for i don't think i mentioned them on this podcast yet but one of my favorite bands and a band that i actually got to go see up in philadelphia playing in their home uh they kind of do something similar every year to what american aquarium uh does with their road trip to raleigh they go play at philadelphia um every year it's either a couple days before christmas eve or a couple days before the new year And uh, the name of the band is The War on Drugs. The only reason why I bring them up is because I uh, am a really big fan of them. And while I'm not a huge fan of just saying, this guy sounds like that guy, so go listen to it because I feel like it always leaves people disappointed. Um, Trace Mountains has some really interesting lyrics. um, And I think that he sounds like the band The War on Drugs, if you've ever heard of them, kind of going out into the country. Uh, Specifically the things that connected with me in the lyrics uh, coming off of the last year that we've had is that basically he decides that he's going to leave the city to go write this album. And he does actually go out to a cabin in the woods to kind of get away from people. And he's able to just kind of walk through and kind of reflect back on his life and reflect back on, um, well, he's out in nature. He can kind of think about who he wants to be going forward. The idea being like, I'll, I'll probably get through this, but then uh, if there's going to be a new normal, what what his lyrics are searching for What what is the person I want to be going forward. So I think the album is great, but specifically the song that, that is really interesting is Lost in the Country. If you can get through the first three or four minutes, there's some really melodic, nice guitar um, sounds that are, I'll say, reminiscent of of the War on Drugs. And incidentally, if that doesn't give you a um, enough of a hook, the War on Drugs, basically like their main influence is they want it to be a modern Springsteen. So some of the more melodic uh Bruce Springsteen stuff. I'm not talking about his country stuff, and I'm certainly not talking about his bombastic stage presence uh, at, at times, but um, there's some really melodic, nice touches to that song. So, Trace Mountains, Lost in the Country.
0: Yeah. So, uh, for mine, for my song of the month this month, for my singular one, um, I didn't go re- really with any like of my usual independent artists or anybody from the Texas. Um, oklahoma red dirt scene one with a mainstream guy from north carolina and eric church Uh, i know andy probably has some disagreements with me on this album but it's from the heart album um a song called people break i think it's a fantastic song um it it opens up where he's like basically looking back on a relationship that didn't work out and you know it it has like he paints good imagery because even in the first verse he's talking about like uh, sitting there right there on the hood of his car where he was like, it was like their first time together. And then, you know, it's just now it's a spot where he wonders where she is. But then like the part that really kind of like struck me. And I, th- I think it's just like really, really good is when you get into close to the hook of the song, you in the chorus. Um, it says, it was like the chorus is talking about how, you know, people break, people try, sometimes they cry, love leaves, love dies, or if someone leaves, love dies. They change their mind. But then this is the part that I really liked. It said, baby, I get it. I really do. But now I got to go and do the hardest part. I got to break the news to a broken heart. I think it, it perfectly encapsulates like the the idea of what it's like to go through something like that, where like in your head, you know, you understand, you understand why. Like I said, on Country and Cold Cans, it reminds me a lot of Lucero's song, Texas and Tennessee, where in that song, during the chorus, he's saying, you don't have to tell me what it's like to not be in love. Um, Because, you know, people have been like that where they've been on that side of it. But it's like, while in your head you understand that person's rationale, you still have to go through the hard part with your emotions, with your feelings of being the one who's been on the bad side of that, of having your heart broken. So it's like, you get it mentally, but it doesn't make it any easier on your heart. I think that that part of the chorus really encapsulates that emotion and that, like, I guess the dichotomy behind the logical side of your brain and also the part that makes no sense when it comes to matters of the heart, which Andy hates that uh, word after listening to that record because he said it was said too many times but this song perfectly kind of illustrates that so I I definitely recommend going to go check out People Break by Eric Church from the the first of his uh, triple album Heart Andy do you have a rebuttal
1: it's okay to have bad taste (laughs)
0: Andy you can just go and listen to Coetzo and Turnpike Troubadours for the millionth time
1: There's anything wrong with
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. So, like we said, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, so, like we said, we have one that we picked individually and the one that we collabed on. Um, I'll introduce the song, then I'm gonna let Ryan kind of take the floor to uh, have his opinion on it first. But the one we picked that we collabed on was, um, Somebody who I've highlighted on this podcast once or twice, once on the other podcast, Country and Cold Cans. And it's a, um, a girl who's she's about 27, 28 years old out of Floyd, Virginia, named Morgan Wade. Um, funny enough, most of us outside of Ryan have seen Morgan Wade in concert <laughs> that one year that um, was kind of a wilder time when We were all getting our Halifax County on in North Carolina and Virginia. She opened for American Aquarium that year. But Morgan Wade put out a fantastic record um, a month or two ago. Um and the very opening track, uh, really strikes you and it's called Wilder Days. So Ryan, if you want to take it away first,
5: yeah. Um, I was actually listening to you guys' podcast, which is where I found out about her, and I this was just the first song I stumbled into, and I was I was blown away. Um, it's obviously written from a from a female's perspective. The the point of the song is basically about I wish you knew me um, in my wilder days. It's and i find that interesting at the age of 36 there uh are a lot of different conversations that i sometimes find that i have with my wife or even sometimes with friends where i just kind of sit still and i just kind of listen to their experiences because i feel at times like man i could chime in here but I, it's just going to come out of left field i it, it, it as in like i've seen some shit and done some shit and been overseas and been around in (laughs) this country and i it's it's that idea of like yeah it seems like i'm kind of pretty boring now but man you should have seen me my my wilder days and the lyrics really capture that well um talking about this guy comes in from chicago um and basically uh they're just kind of trying to fill each other out what is interesting to me on top of that is based on my Nashville, uh, anyone that's listened to this for longer than about 30 seconds knows that I have a love affair with Nashville. And uh, in the music video, um, I started to watch that as well, just because I thought the song was really good. And I saw that there was a video and it's actually shot, shot at Sanders pub, um, which is something that we've talked about on this podcast in the past. It's one of the only uh, bars to my knowledge, at least in 2018 that you could still smoke in. Um, they got a little screen door and you can sit out there and you're, patio rocker and for anyone that wants to know what santa's pub looks like please go watch this music video morgan wade wilder days um, they've got christmas lights everywhere it's it's exactly what you think of when you think of a dive bar so i mean i, I don't need to go too deep into the lyrics i know that that's what it, that's
0: what it connected with for me but what do you got logan Yeah, so like very similarly on that, like what I really liked about this song was it was the opposite of what a lot of songs are, especially coming from a female singer. A lot of times with female singers, um, you look at they sing about how the guy wasn't grown up and how, you know, he was immature and they wanted him to be a man, not a boy, to be cliche about that. This one was kind of the opposite, like Morgan Wade sitting there talking about um, her love interest, like she's like at the very beginning of the song, she's like, you say I'm too young for you. I think you're scared. I'm too right for you. And then in the chorus, um, I like the part where it kind of uses a a cliche phrase that almost everybody you ever see that loves cigarettes in college loves to say they're like, um, you, you say you hate the smell of cigarette smoke, but you only used to smoke when you drank. Cause I can't tell you how many times I heard people in Greenville, North Carolina at East Carolina say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it goes into that. And then, um, Basically, it's getting into his it, like, you got me falling in love again. You got a secret and I want to keep it. But I wish I had known you in your wilder days. Like, I, I just think it's a fantastic it one. Like, sonically, it's got this kind of like cool, like mix between country and rock and like a very Americana East Nashville kind of way. Um, but at the same time. It's also got uh, it, it's one of the songs, like I said, that it, it's the opposite of what you normally hear in a song, especially coming from a female singer, because she's she's wishing that he, she had known him when he was a little younger, a little more carefree, a little bit more caution to the wind, whereas she's got him when he's, you know, kind of got his life together and he's a little bit more mature. But at the same time, like she's kind of yearning for that, um, that element of a little bit more um, to fill that fire, to borrow a phrase from uh, Derek Bentley. Like, I I just I I thought I thought that was a cool twist and how it was different than what you've normally heard. I mean, Andy can probably expand on this. Um, Andy and Kyle were very uh, impressed by I'm more of a fan of female singers than they are. But Andy, this record kind of struck you uh, more than typical when it comes to a, a female country singer
1: absolutely love the like the whole album like like i said on country and cold case there's something about her voice like that is just i don't know that it's unique or what but it's like an accent or something it's just it's phenomenal it's just out of this world i'm still blown away by it and we've been talking we've been talking about this thing for like a month yeah we keep bringing it up on the podcast because i i implore
0: everyone to definitely go check it out um fantastic record and it it's got a similar quality to what um, the whole record has a similar quality to what Miranda Lambert's appeal is where it's it's music sung by a woman but it's not packaged in a way that's bubblegum pop in a way that's like for teenage girls or early 20s girls it's a way that it has a mass appeal to everyone and i think that that is a lot of morgan wade's appeal i mean she has a little bit of a edgier darker side in a in a more even more so than miranda does because miranda's still a mainstream artist but um it it has that same appeal that it it kind of reaches people across the board Regardless of what, um, you know, it's, it, it's not like a very, for lack of a better term, girly music about, you know, my crazy, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you're my boyfriend and I'm mad at you, kind of Taylor Swift early stuff. It's, it's more, has across the board peel and it's universal, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So definitely uh, check out Morgan Wade's um, brand new record, her first one she put out. The producer is uh, Sadler Vaden, who is the guitarist in the 400 unit for Jason Isabel. So, um, there's a connection there, but, um, but yeah, I'm, she's on support this on part of the tour for American aquarium this summer. And, um, you know, I'd like to definitely see her in a full band setting cause I've only seen her acoustically, but definitely check this record out, check out in particular, the first track wilder days.
5: So that does it. That's our songs of the month for technically it's for April.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I guess that wraps up this episode of Miserable and Reckless. Uh, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. And Andy, we appreciate you coming on.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for having
0: me. Yep. All right. We will see you next time.